Welcome to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Hope everyone's having a great week. Don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. There's a lot on tap for today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit about training camp and take a look at some players and competitions to keep an eye on out for as players have already started reporting this week as veterans will report on July 28th and rookies and quarterbacks have already started to report to teams. We're also going to take a look at the effects of having no preseason games as that was previously reported earlier this week. The NFL has decided to scrap all preseason games for this season. We'll get to Raheem Mostert's contract situation, Debo Samuel's injury status, and a lot more. So finally, we get to talk some football as training camp is finally underway. Players are reporting and it's finally just nice to just talk about football again as if it's it's going to happen and obviously we have no idea if that's going to happen or not a lot of people are optimistic about it most people are not very optimistic about it but I think the fact that players are reporting and negotiations are starting looking like they're starting to get a little bit better as previously noted they were not going anywhere and players were very very upset that the NFL hasn't told them anything about health and safety and game day protocols and all that, which I think is just extremely irresponsible of the league to not tell their own athletes about their plan for the coming season. Obviously, it wouldn't look like we're going to have a season if the players don't know what the plan is. So I think that is definitely that that was definitely not a good sign. But obviously, this week. The NFLPA has been fighting for some things, one of them including they didn't want to have preseason games. The NFL finally came to an agreement with that, and they also agreed to cut down roster sizes from 90 athletes to 80 athletes. Let's talk a little bit about preseason here and having no preseason games. And I know a lot of people think and understand that, you know, preseason is meaningless and it doesn't mean anything. And and whatever. I personally think that having one preseason game would have been beneficial. And I think that because it would give coaches and players, particularly the younger players, a chance to prove themselves and a chance to fight for their job. And that's what preseason is for in the first place. You know, I know some of the older guys don't really like it. I personally don't like it because it just, you know, just in case if someone gets hurt, then they're going to be out the first four, you know, the first few weeks and all that. Who knows? Sometimes it could lead to a season ending injury. That part, I don't like preseason, but I think having one preseason game this season would have been nice for some of those younger players and the coaches and honestly for the NFL to test their game day protocols and what that would be. But Apparently, the NFL doesn't even know what their game day protocols are going to be. So they got a month to think about that. I think not having a preseason game will affect each team differently. I think if you're looking at the 49ers, for instance, I think they'll be fine. I think the only impact that will have is maybe some of the younger players like Javon Kinlaw or Brandon Ayuk, who are rookies who are expecting to have important roles for this team. They may start a little bit slower in the regular season just because they haven't had an opportunity to be in an NFL atmosphere 
until week one and week one's when it matters. So they've had no practice. They're just going to practice against the same players for an entire month in training camp. So I think for that regard, that's going to be a problem. But entirely, the Niners are bringing back majority of the roster from last year. This is a team that's been practicing with each other until early February. So they have that advantage. And I think the Niners shouldn't have much of an issue with not having a preseason. But for some of the younger teams, you know, with younger quarterbacks or a lot of rookies, possibly quarterback controversy, a new head coach, for those teams, not having that simulation of a real game could impact them in a much different way than it would for the Niners or the Ravens or the Chiefs or the Saints like I think it will impact them differently because they haven't had that opportunity to be in a real game playing against a different team and all that so I think not having preseason games it really just depends on the team and I think it will show in the regular season the effects of not having preseason so I really do think that that's kind of where that's at there but Overall, I don't think it'll be much of a big deal. Clearly, the NFL and the NFLPA have a lot to figure out still, and we have no idea whether the NFL is going to be kicking off September 10th or not. We may not know that until who who knows when. We're we're not going to know until if all training camp goes well, I think we'll know if it's going to be pushed back or not. You know, if players tend to test positive and all that, then then it'll probably be pushed back a little bit. If not, and things go well, and not many players are tested positive, expect the NFL to go as planned starting on September 10th. So, assuming all that happens, obviously, training camp looks like it is going to happen. Players have already started to report. So, that is the great news there. So, looking at some, you know, players and competitions heading into this season, there's a lot of exciting um, competitions to look at for the San Francisco 49ers. And, Going position by position, obviously starting with the quarterback. Everyone knows how that situation is. There's no, you know, surprise there. Jimmy G, starting quarterback. Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard as the backups. Nothing has changed there. Obviously, I was reading an article the other day about how this could potentially affect a guy like CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins because they're not going to have preseason to show what they have or possibly to have reps I think that's fine CJ Beathard has had a lot of starts already Mullins has had a lot of starts already I don't think that's going to affect them as much but it could it could also affect how if teams want to see if what their trade value is so they don't have preseason to kind of look at recent tape to see that because the recent tape for Beathard is going to be like September of 2018 same with Mullins is going to be late in 2018 so it's been a whole year since the last time they played in, a, in an actual game. So for those little things, I can see that for sure for those guys. But in terms of competition, all that, nothing that really matters. We know who's who. We know who's starting in each place. Um, when looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, though, I think things are going to be a little interesting because there's no Emmanuel Sanders. And obviously, there wasn't an Emmanuel Sanders in last year's training camp either because he got traded in the middle of the season. But you don't have him. And Debo Samuel is the number one wide receiver. He's going to be out for the entirety of training camp. So it's going to be interesting. This will be a really big opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo 
to gain chemistry. Obviously, he had his workouts in June before an unknown named player tested positive and that scrapped the entire the rest of the workouts. But Garoppolo had the receivers together and talked a lot about guys like Jalen Hurd and Ayuk and rookie Jawan Jennings was there. So hopefully we'll start to see in this next month who Jimmy Garoppolo's guy is going to be because more than likely Debo Samuel's going to miss a few games realistically and we'll get to that in a little bit but I really do think this is going to be a really big opportunity to see who Jimmy G's guy is going to be and of course there's George Kittle there as well so that's I think something to look for at the quarterback position is who's Jimmy Garoppolo's guy when Debo Samuel's down so that'll be really interesting there and to jump right into the receiving um the wide receivers here so there will be no Debo Samuel. He's out with the Jones fracture. He's expected to return in September. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. Richie James is going to be out the entirety of training camp as well with a wrist injury. So that kind of leaves you with there's Jalen Hurd who's coming back from an injury. Trent Taylor who's coming back from an injury. You got Brandon Ayuk who's a rookie. Kendrick Bourne is going to be the lead guy out of all these guys. He has the most experience out of all the guys who are going to be entering training camp. There's Travis Benjamin, who has played in Kyle Shannon's system when he was in Cleveland. Dante Pettis, the dark horse here. Sean Poindexter, who's also coming back from an injury. And Jawan Jennings, rookie from Tennessee. So those are the wide receivers to look at here. All of them could play a certain factor here. But the guys who I'm interested in seeing is going to be Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor, and Dante Pettis. And I say this because before Trent Taylor's injury... He was the best receiver the 49ers had at camp last year. So I want to be really, really curious to see as Jimmy Garoppolo still have that chemistry with Trent Taylor and he could possibly be the guy starting in the slot. So that'll be really interesting to see that. And then Jalen Hurd. How is Kyle Shanahan going to use Jalen Hurd? Because he could play anything. He could play receiver, tight end, running back. It doesn't really matter where you put him. That's the thing that I'm going to be interested in is how Kyle Shannon uses Jalen Hurd is going to be so interesting because he used Debo Samuel in so many different ways and different plays last year, and he thrived in it. And we've only seen a very, very small sample size of what Jalen Hurd can do as he played in the first preseason game last year and scored two touchdowns. I'm really curious to see how Jalen Hurd plays. And obviously, having no preseason, is that going to affect a guy like him? That is certainly going to, I'll tell you what, that is certainly going to affect a guy like Dante Pettis, who really needs preseason to prove himself. Last year, he was stuck in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse the entire season. He had a few touchdowns, came up big at the end of the Steelers game, caught a touchdown in the Cardinals game. But other than that, you can't think of another play or time where Dante Pettis came in and showed out. He was stuck behind Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, and Kendrick Bourne, and that's tough for a guy that John Lynch, Kyle Shannon had a lot of promise for. So with Debo being down for training camp, it's a huge opportunity for Dante Pettis to step up. And if he does, I'll tell you what, that's going to be a big deal for this team. Because like I said, if Trent Taylor can return back to, to his self, and if Jalen Hurd can get going, and you got a guy like Ayuk and Debo, and just the list goes on. That's what the 49ers do. That's what Kyle Shanahan does. He gets players and he doesn't use them as you know like a guy like a Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins or a Michael Thomas was like that's our number one guy Kyle Shanahan uses everybody 
and use and he will run, he will throw. He you just don't know how he's gonna use his guys. And I like to call them as playmakers. Kyle Shanahan just gets a bunch of playmakers, puts it into a system, and everyone thrives. So it'll be really interesting to see that. Um back to Debo Samuel and his injury status there. Earlier in the week, Peter King came out with a report saying Debo Samuel could be out until October. I don't like media articles, notifications, whatever it may be. I don't like how people like to make a big deal when somebody goes out and says he could be out to October. Of course he couldn't. That's the timeline that he was given for, I believe it was, it was a few months or 12, 12 to 16 weeks is what it was. Sorry. 12 to 16 weeks. He could be back for week one. If everything goes to plan, Debo Samuel could be out the entire year. Knock on wood that that does not happen. But that's the reality of the situation. He could come back at any time. So when someone comes out and said, oh, he could be out till October. Of course he couldn't. Don't buy into that stuff. I just want to let people know that because a lot of people get riled up. For all we care, there may not even be an NFL season and Debo's injury isn't going to matter at all. But my point here is you see things, you hear things in the media. The... The article literally said he could be out till October. He could be back for our game against Arizona. Who knows? But that's kind of that for there. Debo Samuel can be back. I personally expect him to miss a few games. Probably the first three, four games in September. Who knows? He could be back. He could miss more time. You just don't know. But just media articles like that, it's just like, it's just an assumption. It's not even like you knew something from someone else. Debo Samuel... Quan Alexander came back in the playoffs when he was supposed to be gone for the whole year. So, you know what I mean? Things like that. It's just, you can't believe everything you hear and see. That's that's all I'm seeing there. But Debo Samuel, I would expect him to at least miss a few regular se- season games. And that should be the expectation. But we see media things like that. Even though Peter King is a very reliable source. Either way, it's, it's just a little too much. Moving on to the running back position this this to me is going to be a really interesting um competition because the dark horse here is going to be Jarek McKinnon and that's what everyone's talking about his agent said this is the best he's looked in a long time and he's at his high and Kyle Shannon had some very high hopes in 2018 for him obviously he went down with a torn ACL and his ACL never really recovered and that's why he was out last season as well but I am I'm personally, I'm really excited to see Jarek McKinnon because if Jarek McKinnon can thrive and if Raheem Mostert stays, which we'll get to that in a second, this, this running, this running back group is not going to miss a beat. And yeah, they traded Matt Breida. Breida was injured. He was the odd man out. You got Raheem Mostert as the number one guy. Tevin Coleman is a change of pace. And then you could put Jarek McKinnon at anywhere you want. You could put him at receiver. You could put him at running back. There are just so many things. And like I said about Jalen Hurd and how Shannon's going to use him, I want to know how Kyle Shannon's going to use Jarek McKinnon. Because you saw him in Minnesota, and you look at some of his tape, he, you could use him in so many different areas. I am so curious to see how Kyle Shanahan uses Jarek McKinnon. That is going to be the dark horse in this offense that they were missing last year. Same thing with Jalen Hurd. So maybe something like missing a guy like Matt Breida and missing a guy like Emmanuel Sanders... Maybe it won't even matter with the guys coming back from injury 
for the 49ers this season. Per Raheem Mostert's situation, obviously, his agent requested a trade about two weeks ago. There was an earlier report earlier this week that Mostert talked to a executive person in the 49ers front office to clear the air. So Mostert looks like he's on a lot better terms with the 49ers front office, which is good news. And like I said um, on the last episode, Raheem Mostert was just being a little, I think his agent really was being just a little too greedy. You well know that the Niners are trying to get a contract done with George Kittle. There are no other contracts that matter at this time. And you're asking for a raise? Here's the deal. Raheem Mostert comes back next year. He's the number one guy. If he runs for over 1000 for the season, John Lynch is going to have no choice but to give him a new contract and pay him more. This season, he only had a few games. So you don't really know what's going to happen. Same like I said about Jarek McKinnon. We don't know how he's going to play either. He could be rusty. He could be fantastic. You just don't know. So for Raheem Mostert to ask for that money when, dude, you're asking for a trade, but here you are going to be the number one running back in Kyle Shanahan's system. You're crazy for asking for a trade because you're not going to get the same reps that you would in Kyle Shanahan's offense, period. I think he finally came to his senses and was like, you know what? I could probably get a better contract next season if I play, you know, I'm going to be the featured back. And that's that's the bottom line here. And to be quite honest with Kyle Shanahan, on paper, you could say Raheem Mostert is going to be the featured back. But in reality, it's running back by committee. You saw that last season, right? One day, Breida gets a start. Next day, Coleman gets a start. Mostert gets a You have no idea who's going to start a running back and who's going to have a big day. Right, That happened, it was very, very evident last season, including in the playoff game against Minnesota. Matt Breida starts on the first possession. Tevin Coleman's the one who runs for over 100. Tevin Coleman starts the NFC Championship game. Raheem Mostert's the one who runs for 220, right? So you just don't really know that. So I'm going to be really interesting. There's another guy in there, of course, Jeff Wilson Jr., who I think I would hate to see him get cut or anything like that. He, I think he's going to be a huge part of this team again. And there are two undrafted free agents as well that the Niners have. So running back is going to be a really interesting um, group to look at this season and how Kyle Shannon used this guys. But I'm really excited for this offense to take off. And boy, when Debo Samuel comes back and if he comes back healthy, I can see this offense just hitting on all cylinders all over again. Um, the offensive line... There's not too much to talk about there. Obviously, there's the right guard situation between Brunskill, Compton, Garland, and McVitz. That's going to be interesting. Let's see who gets that. I think Daniel Brunskill is going to end up winning that one out. But we'll kind of see how that happens. Other than that, the rest of the O-line is pretty good. Obviously, Weston Richburg is coming back from an injury. And I really pray that he can stay healthy because he was having an outstanding season last year before he got hurt in New Orleans. Hopefully he can stay healthy, but other than right guard, the Niners O-line is set. It's going to be really exciting to see Trent Williams back out there. Hopefully he doesn't skip a beat. Right, you got Lakin Tomlinson, who has been extremely underrated at left guard. Richburg at center. Right guard, I'm going to go with Brunskill for now, but we'll see what happens. And then of course, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. So not much to really look at O-line except for the right guard competition, which should be between Brunskill and Compton is what it's looking like right now. To the defense, they're 
really isn't a lot of competition to look at except for the secondary and we'll get to that in a little bit but obviously on the defensive front the biggest question mark is going to be who replaces DeForest Buckner right that's the biggest question the biggest thing and I have a whole list here of guys that could replace a guy like DeForest Buckner and obviously starting with the guy they drafted to replace him that's Javon Kinlaw I think Kinlaw is going to be fantastic with this defensive line. He, I think he's going to be great, but there are so many other guys that people forget about that could be in this rotation to help this D line. And you have DJ Jones, Ronald Blair. Saw so if this is this finally the year that Solomon Thomas breaks out. I sure hope so. Julian Taylor, Cantavia Street, and Kevin Gibbons. Those are a lot of names. To replace one guy in DeForest Buckner. I make no mistake. DeForest Buckner is was really, really good. And he was a massive, consistent part of this defensive line success last season. But if DJ Jones can stay healthy. Ronald Blair can stay healthy. Julian Taylor. Contavia Street. All four of those guys had injury issues last season. If those guys can stay healthy. DJ Jones was unbelievable last year Ronald Blair was having a phenomenal season last season look at some of these guys if they can stay healthy and on the field this D-line is not going to skip a beat obviously also mentioning if D Ford can stay healthy on the outside you pair him and Bosa everybody inside eats that's just how the D-line works there so I think it'll be interesting to see who out of that group steps up in training camp is going to be really interesting if I had to bet on it right now I like DJ Jones starting at DeForest Buckner's position, and I like Javon Kinlaw coming in on third down. That's what I think would happen possibly, but we'll see how that goes. But it'll be really interesting to see who pops out. And like I talked about Dante Pettis earlier in his high hopes, Solomon Thomas was drafted third. Third. I say this all the time when I look back at it. I say, wow, we could have drafted Christian McCaffrey. And imagine Christian McCaffrey in Kyle Shanahan's system, oh my goodness, that would be disgusting. Having said that, we took Solomon Thomas. Is this the year? DeForest Buckner is no longer here. If there is any other time, this has got to be the year that Solomon Thomas says, hey, this is my opportunity to, to prove that I was taken third overall with the gap of losing a guy like DeForest Buckner, I really hope this is the year that Solomon Thomas, a lot like how Eric Armstead has had his breakout year last year, boy, I really hope Solomon Thomas can get his act together and really just shine next season. But that'll be a group to see who who pops out in training camp out of that group to kind of pair with Armstead, Ford, and Bosa, who are the obvious starters there. But Who's going to be that fourth guy? Who's going to start? And I keep my eye on Kinlaw and Jones right now if I had to bet on it. But keep your eye out for Solomon Thomas. I really hope he can make some noise there. The linebacker position, there's really not much going on there. We all know Fred Warner's the guy. Quan Alexander, if he can stay healthy. And Dre Greenlaw are going to be the starters. We all know that. There's no mystery there. Obviously, Dre Greenlaw did mention a couple days ago that he may opt out of the season if he doesn't feel safe enough to play. And 
that definitely worries me because Dre Greenlaw is a massive part of this team. Having said that, I feel like this is going to be just an ongoing problem for every team that you're going to have players who just aren't going to feel safe and you got to deal with it. So the guy who I would think, and he had some experience last year when Quan Alexander went down, is Aziz Alshire. He could be the guy to step in for Dre Greenlaw if he doesn't play. And I'd be fine with that. I think Aziz was fantastic last season in the time that he played. This is his second year. So hopefully he'll get a little better and more experience in camp there. So now down to the secondary. This, I think, is the most important competition of the entire defense. And it's for one spot. Akella Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley. We all know Richard Sherman starting at the other corner position. But this this is the talk of the defense. This is the talk that all us Niner fans are talking about when we talk about the 49ers defense. We're talking about that position. Who in the heck is starting? Mosley or Witherspoon? They did nothing to address the cornerback position, so clearly they had some faith. I will say this about Akella Witherspoon. Did he really make me go mad late in the season oh he did and i'm sure he did to a lot of us he drove us nuts but before he went down with that injury in the pittsburgh game i also did say akella witherspoon was playing very good he had a really good camp really good preseason and came out really really well emmanuel mosley played very good in his time that witherspoon was out too he had a great end of regular season the only issue is he got his butt kicked in the Super Bowl when we when we needed him to step up most. That was the problem there. But I think the whole secondary struggled mightily in the Super Bowl, including Richard Sherman. So I wouldn't pin that on one guy. But it, it's going to be really interesting here. Akella Witherspoon knows his his job is on the line here. Yeah, if he does not beat out Emmanuel Mosley, John Lynch could look to cut him or trade him, right? So that's going to be really interesting. A dark horse at that position, if this guy can stay healthy... Jason Verrett. Clearly, this guy just cannot stay healthy, period. He literally came in the Pittsburgh game to replace Akella Witherspoon, and he got hurt. So that's, there's a dark horse there, but I, can Jason Verrett even stay healthy for more than a game? That's another story. But Emmanuel Mosley and Akella Witherspoon, that's going to be the competition that I think we're all going to really keep an eye out for. So those are some of the competitions and players to look out for heading into this season and two more things I'm going to go over here on this episode one of them is going to be who are my 49er captain predictions for this season obviously there were five team captains last year two of them departed this year Joe Staley retired and DeForest Buckner got traded to Indianapolis so there are two vacant captain spots there who would I vote if it were up to me to take those two I made a whole list here and I have come to the conclusion that I think that Kyle Juszczyk is a well-respected player within the 49ers organization, around the team. I know it's weird to say that you'd name a fullback as a team captain, but I think Juice really has that voice and is just respected by his teammates that I think he would be voted team captain to replace a guy like Joe Staley. And he's been there since 2017. He's been there a while. He's been in the league a while with Baltimore. I think Juice is going to replace Staley. <clears throat> and then to replace DeForest Buckner, I think this is a pretty clear-cut, obvious choice here, Fred Warner. 
He is he is the captain on this defense. Robert Sala said it so many times last year. Fred, War- I don't know what I would do on this defense without Fred Warner. Fred Warner is going to get a big contract after Kittle. He is, he is going to be the next Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, the next great 49ers linebacker. I think he really showed that last year. He's another guy who, again, is respected amongst a lot of 49er teammates. A lot of 49er fans all have really high hopes for him. And Fred Warner had an amazing year last season. And I think he's really going to take that leadership role this season by getting voted a captain. Some other possible candidates I thought could possibly step into that role. Robbie Gold, Eric Armstead, um, Nick Bosa, I think we'll get there, but I don't think this year. Trent Williams, obviously he's a longtime veteran. I wouldn't be surprised if players voted him that, but it is his first season. And then Mike McGlinchey. I think those guys are all very good candidates, but I think Juszczyk and Warner are going to be the two best candidates to replace Staley and Buckner and join Kittle, Sherman, and Garoppolo as the team captains of the team. So to wrap up this episode, the last thing I'm going to go over here is what are five things that need to go right for the San Francisco 49ers to make a Super Bowl run again? There are so many different things and this year I think is going to be harder than any other season for any team to make a playoff run and have consistency because of the pandemic and I say that because any player can test positive at any time any player can be out for three weeks at any time I believe that is going to be the rule if a player tests positive they miss three games that's a lot of games for you're not even hurt but it's essentially like you're hurt and anyone can can go down at any time so that I think is going to be an extra hurdle that a lot of teams in that's why I say that practice squads are going to be more important than ever this year because I think let alone inactive players always have to be ready practice squads are always going to have to be ready now too because like I said players can test positive at any time but here are my five things that I think the 49ers are things that would have to go right for them to end up in Tampa Bay and back in the Super Bowl and number one is Jimmy Garoppolo takes the next step in Kyle Shanahan's system and has an even better year than last year. Everyone likes to call out Jimmy Garoppolo. Honestly, I feel like I would need to do a whole separate episode just dedicated to just talk about the complete, utter disrespect that Jimmy Garoppolo gets. And maybe I should. Maybe I should do a whole thing just so people can really understand how important Jimmy Garoppolo is to this team. And all I'm going to say to this at this point, without Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers are not a good football team. I'm just going to flat out go ahead and say this. On paper now, yeah, we have so much talent that if Mullins were to come in, I think we could win a few games for sure. But beforehand, when we didn't have some of these younger guys, this team was terrible. I mean, we were, what, 1-10 in 10 before Jimmy Garoppolo started a football game. Without him, we may have stumbled to another 2-14 and 14 season. Jimmy Garoppolo is really important. And boy, oh boy, if he can take a type of season that Matt Ryan had in his second full season with Atlanta, especially with some of the guys coming back from injury too, like we talked about on offense, good Lord, who knows how devastating that this Niners offense could be. Last year it was the defense. This year it could be the offense that just takes that next step and is just devastating to some teams and that's how it was last year we just destroyed some teams bottom line but 
this year could be even better, possibly. And I think if Jimmy Garoppolo can take the next step and have a similar year that Matt Ryan did in 2016 under Kyle Shanahan, this team could be something else. And this offense could be devastating. Number two on the list here is going to be a healthy O-line and a healthy D-line. This was a problem last year, mainly on the offensive line. Staley missed games, McGlinchey missed games, Richburg missed games, Mike Person missed games. Everybody missed games except for Lake and Tomlinson. So obviously consistency is going to be huge on the offensive line. If you can have a healthy Trent Williams in there all year, is going to be huge. A healthy Mike McGlinchey and a healthy Weston Richburg, as I talked about just a few minutes ago, how important those guys are to the offensive line and consistency is huge. Clearly, depth isn't an issue for the Niners, especially after last year, as some of these backups like Brunskill and School and Garland have that experience now of playing in big games. So the Niners look pretty good at O-line either way, but a healthy O-line would, would come a long way. And for the D-line, honestly, I may point this on one person, and that's D-Ford. That's for the starters at least. Obviously, I talked about some of those guys in that group that are coming back from an injury, like Street, Taylor, Blair, and Jones, who are all coming back from injuries. That's going to go a long way, too. If those guys can stay healthy and the consistency can stay there on the on the D-line, that can go a really long way for this team. So a healthy O-line and a healthy D-line are definitely going to be huge for the 49ers to succeed this season. Number three on this list here, Debo Samuel has a healthy comeback and he returns even better than he was last year. This is huge. Obviously, we definitely don't need Debo Samuel to miss a lot of time. We all saw what he could do last year, and who knows what he could do this year. The sky is the very limit for Debo Samuel, but if he only missed a few games, and when he comes back, he comes as healthy as ever and as better and stronger, that's going to be huge for this team and make this offense take off to another level. Number four, I know this really doesn't have to do with play, but I think every single 49ers fan would have to agree that this is a big deal for this team and it would just be a sigh of relief for everybody. If George Kittle can get his contract done before the regular season starts, I just think it would just be a sigh of relief for everybody. I do think the one thing that no one really talks about is the reason why a deal hasn't gotten done yet is they're waiting to see what happens with the pandemic and how that's going to affect the cap going forward and all that. And I think that is definitely going to be a situation to keep an eye on. But boy, oh boy, it would just be a sigh of relief for everybody, including Kyle Shanahan, that he can finally sleep at night knowing that he's got his tight end and a main focal point of this offense locked up long-term. Number five on this list, we just talked about how big of a deal this competition is in the secondary between Akella Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley. Whoever wins that job, if they have a huge season and they play just as good as Richard Sherman did last year, that is also going to be a long, long way and come a long way for this defense. You got guys like Kwan Williams, who had a massive year last year, and I think he's going to have another great year this year. And our safeties, if Tart and Ward can stay healthy all year, would be huge. But, more, but boy, oh boy, if Akella Witherspoon or Emmanuel Mosley stayed healthy, for an entire season and really just broke out and, and played great, that would be huge for this team and would really help this team get back to the Super Bowl. But to recap the five things that I think the Niners or five things that would need to go right for the 49ers to get back to the Super Bowl, 
So Jimmy Garoppolo takes the next step in Kyle Shanahan's offense. A healthy O-line and D-line. Debo Samuel has a healthy, strong recovery, and he comes back better than ever. George Kittle's contract gets done before the regular season. And Akella Witherspoon or Emmanuel Mosley have a breakout 2020 campaign. So that is it for episode four of the 49 Away podcast. Don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. Hope everyone has a great week and training camp gets started next week. So can't wait to talk more about the 49ers training camp and hopefully more news to come.